You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast, sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. Kansas State loses... 20 to 10 on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium against a very talented Baylor team. They were as good as I thought they would be coming in, but I also thought Kansas State was gravely bad. Is that a way to put it? They played poorly in areas of the game where they cannot play poorly and expect to win many games at all, let alone against the 11th ranked team in the playoff rankings. Kudos to Baylor. Baylor now is nine and two and six and two. Kansas State drops to seven and four and four and four going into Saturday's regular season ending game at Texas on Friday in Austin. And in one moment, we will be bringing in our football analyst, former Kansas State offensive lineman on the 97 and 98 teams, Mr. Brian Hanley from down in Texas, as he watched from down there. And will give us his honest opinions on what happened on the field on Saturday. And we're going to look ahead in this podcast a little bit, not just to Texas, but overall to kind of take a temperature check of the entire program as the season nears its end, because I know a lot of fans are upset about that loss. Well, we are sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Caddyshack Golf, where that's Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing, Willie apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. And now we bring in Mr. Brian Hanley, our football analyst. Brian, it, it just wasn't a good day for K-State. When you're playing a team such as Baylor, and and I think we expressed this in the pregame podcast, that deploys more talent across the field than you have, you have to be really good. And early yeah. mistakes, the, the muffed punt, was just enormous in this game when you consider that it was 20 to 10, and we can break down all of that in the process. But, boy, when – when you get your first chance to have the ball as an offense and you give it right back to an offense you just stopped, that takes the wind out of your sails. Absolutely. I mean, the defense had just stopped them. You know, it played, I mean, playing well. I mean, Baylor basically came out and said, you know what, we're going to run it. I mean, it was third and six, and they tried to run it for a first down. We stuffed them, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a good day. And then the muff punt, and then they score. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. No. Just wasn't good. Just takes the wind right out of your sails. Just completely deflates you. you. You never want to be playing from behind in a game. You're always at an advantage when you're up on the scoreboard. It opens up more possibilities for you on both sides of the ball. But to do it against a superior team, and yes. I know people don't want to hear that Baylor's better, but Baylor's better right now. They just have more talent. They're accessing all of that Dallas Metroplex talent to their advantage and I think they've got a great head coach. I think he's he's a different cat, but he's I think he's the right guy and and hopefully someone hires him. But when you fall behind a better team, you're in big trouble. So K-State were, you know, not even 5 minutes into the game and K-State's in big trouble. And yeah. I would say it almost multiplied because the defense did its job. They they got the stand. Yep. It got everyone's hopes up. Hey, the defense came to play, and they did. And then, boom, you you end up giving up seven points anyhow. Um, I I think that just derailed everything they wanted to do on both sides of the ball. Yep, absolutely. Just completely took them out of what they were wanting to do. And then it's kind of what you said. You're chasing all day. And when you're chasing, it makes it difficult. You know, and not to mention when you're playing – and, and again, if people can be as upset as they want to be. The Baylor's better than we are. You can literally look on the football field at every position. Their guys were bigger than we were. They were bigger and faster. It just, I mean, that's just a fact. It's just the way that it is. And, you know, and we hung. It's not that we didn't hang in there and play tough. We did. But you're trying to play catch-up all game long. That was a problem. It was just a problem. We could never get there. But, I mean, you know, the guys fought – 
but it, it just completely early on just took them out of everything they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very, very disappointing start to the game, but I'll, I'll give K-State credit. They never backed down until the no. end. They, until the end when they realized, okay, Skyler's out. This thing ain't going to work. There's, we're, right. we we got to get out of here. Let's start with the offense and, and the things that went wrong. Now, I don't know if we need to spend any time on special teams because yeah. the, the math is simple. You gave up seven with a muff punt. You missed three with a missed field goal that should be made. Yeah. You lose by yep. ten. The math's simple. So we all know what special teams did in this game, and that's the ultimate disappointment Disappointment if you're a K-State person, coach, player, alumni, former player. You, you don't screw up special teams to the point where you lose. Anyhow. Correct. Anyhow. Offensively, Baylor came with a pretty simple plan. Let's dominate that offensive line with what we see as a superior front for us. And just sit back in zone and make it really difficult for Skylar Thompson to figure out where to throw the ball. And that's what they did. K-State's yep. offensive line got its ass whooped on Saturday. Whoo. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was that was bad fits. I mean, they literally got embarrassed. They they got embarrassed. Let's just call it what it is. They got embarrassed, got physically whipped. I didn't think I'd say that about a K, this K-State offensive line because they're really good. They are. They got physically manhandled. It, it was literally embarrassing. Yeah, and it started uh, – and I, I'm not doing this to throw anyone under the bus, but it's the reality of the game. Noah Johnson's a really good center. He's a great leader. But you put an NFL-level nose tackle Ooh. across from him, the poor kid doesn't stand a chance, and he didn't on nope. Saturday – and that means Skylar Thompson's got someone potentially in his face from the moment he gets the ball. And Skylar was never comfortable in this game. No, never. not at all. And it, it's it's like Baylor just gave him enough to worry about where he hit the overload. And you could see alarm bells yep. going off. Yep. Well, the one thing is you got to have a better plan. I mean, you got to double team that guy every single play, and that was not happening. And it, it, I mean, literally, we—it it was just constant pressure up the middle. I mean, that you, know, you talk to any quarterback that knows anything about football at any level, where do they not want pressure up the middle? And that's constantly what happened all game. Long. It was just up the middle, around the edge, guard, tackle, center. I mean, I'm not singling anybody out because they all got whipped. I mean, it, it was just a bad game by the offensive line. Skyler had no chance. You can say whatever you want to about him, however he played. He literally had no chance. I mean, I, I don't know that you can count five to ten times that he could just drop back, set his feet, and throw the football. Right. I, I literally don't think that you could do that. I mean, there was one time where they rushed three guys and we handled them pretty well, but that was one time. I, I, I literally don't know though how many times you could do that. It was just, it was, it was, I don't know if it was frustrating. It was just, you saw what those guys were doing. Those, those guys are just really good fits. They're just really good. Man. Well, the best two defenses in this conference, without a doubt in my mind, are Oklahoma State, which just absolutely schooled Texas Tech defensively last night. I didn't see the final stats, but Tech was at 85 yards midway through the fourth quarter. 85 yards. I didn't see what the final was. but uh, And Baylor. Baylor, and they're very similar defenses. They're non-traditional Big 12 defenses in the fact that they really do pressure you a lot. I think Mm -hmm. the days of Big 12 defenses sitting back in zone and – tempting you to try to score more than they can score, that's done. And if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma next week and Baylor wins, uh, which I expect them to do, we're going to have the two best defenses in the conference play for the Big 12 title. And I think that marks an evolution in this conference that has been a long time coming. The Big 12 is suddenly becoming a defensive conference, which I think is good for K-State. What are your thoughts? I think it's great. I was literally just going to say, I think it's a great thing that we can showcase. It's a showcase game, clearly. Big 12 championship game. Let's showcase some defenses. For years, that's all they've talked about is how no guys come from, go, go to the NFL that play defense. The Big 12 doesn't play defense. For years, that's been the case. 
and now it's different. And I think it's a great thing. Let's showcase two teams that are playing really not okay. They're average or they slow people down. No, 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 no. These defensive stop people. They literally stop you from doing what you want to do. They're in your face. They're bringing pressure. They're lining up man to man outside. They're saying our athletes are better than your athletes. And that's how we're going to play it. I, I love that style of football. I like it on both sides. And again, Baylor is just really, really good. They just are. They're really good. Yep. Skylar Thompson, 15 to 29 in the game, only 158 yards, <clears throat> a long pass of 48 yards to Malik Knowles, sacked three times. Even when he wasn't being sacked, he was being pressured. He would try to step up in that pocket. And instead of having a couple feet of grace halo around him, he had people touching him at all times, which yep. is not good for a quarterback psyche. But I thought from early on in this game, Skyler kind of collapsed in terms of his confidence and I think a big part of it was the design quarterback runs in which he could not Ooh. run the ball. He, they just didn't fall for it one bit. I, I mean, I was questioning why, again, I know I've gone back to that. And if he's 100% healthy, it is what it is. But we've seen him play his best football where he's not running the QB run game because he couldn't. You know, he's been playing the best football that I've ever seen him play. I love the QB run game. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But at the same time, if what we're doing is working, I don't know why we go away from it. And he was tiptoeing when he was running the ball. You could just tell he didn't want to run it. He didn't want to do those things. It was tough. And you're right as far as his confidence. And, and I mean, and let's just call it what it is. The kid got beat up. Yeah. Barring the injury. He got just physically beat up yesterday. It, it, it was, I mean, that, that was, that was a beating. It just was. I mean, they, he just got beat up and Baylor, that was the point of emphasis. We're going to hit them and we're going to keep hitting them and we're not going to stop hitting them. And they did not. So I, I feel bad that, you know, that he didn't maybe have his best game, but I, I can't really put it all on. I can't put really any of it on him. I mean, he just didn't have the time to do what he needed to do. Yeah, <clears throat> he didn't. He didn't the whole day. Um, I I want to go back and watch that game. I think he might have gotten dinged early in the game because I don't feel like he was processing information like he has throughout nope, the year. You're exactly right. It may have been a little gun shy, a little gun shy. Yeah, um, I thought the play calling was atrocious. I thought it was interesting oh. that Chris Kleiman called it out. He said, I don't think we approach this game in the right way offensively. And um you know, he's best friends with Courtney Messingham, but he is showing that he will tell the truth in a press conference, and he's not going to cover up for a grown-ass man when they don't perform at their job. Now, will he do anything about it? I don't know. I, I'm certainly and not calling for yeah. best firing, but they need to look at how they're running the offense and what they're de deploying on the field on game day. That, that And that's the whole point is it's not that you, you want somebody fired, but I'm tired of hearing – Hey, well, they got to do this. Hey, they got to do something different. Hey, they're going to do that. I don't want to hear that anymore. I want there to be some action. Do something different. You know, make something different happen, you know, versus just constantly, well, yeah, you're right, you know, and it was bad. Well, yeah, we know it was bad. I mean, everybody knows it was bad, you know, and, and we got to do something different. And it's okay to do something different. Again, I'm not saying you have to fire the man, but make him change. That's part of it. That's your job. Make him change. If something's not working, you got to make him change. That's yeah. it. I actually like Kansas State's offense. I think Kansas State's offense can be effective at this level, but not in the predictable way in which it's being used. No. The beauty of this offense is it constantly gives you things to think about that – a pre-snap where all the movement and where the ball is going, but then post-snap they become so predictable it wipes out everything you try to gain pre-snap. I, I don't get yeah. it. I don't understand um, how this was the game plan against Baylor. Now, look, if you if you go back and look the games they lost, they gave up passing yardage. I get it. Right. But they came to town with a plan to alleviate that by sitting back there in zone and saying, you know what, we're just better than you. And we're going to – Correct. And we run zone defense better than you can because God knows it was two different versions of zone defense. Uh, they seem to cover receivers that are in their zone. And K-State 
no matter who the coaches are, seem to cover pieces of land, even if there's not a receiver <laughs> standing five feet away from you. They're, they're committed to that piece of land. That drives yeah. me insane. But anyhow, oh. they came to the, Baylor came to town with a great defensive plan to stop K-State. It worked to perfection, and now it's time to say it. I think Dave Aranda might be the best coach in the Big 12. Yeah, I, I really think so. I mean, the guy has turned it around quickly, and they are – I mean, again, they're good. They're good. Now, I don't know – and I'll just be honest. I really – I mean, they had the one bad year. I'm not sure how bad Baylor really was. I think maybe people just fell off or whatever the case may be, and they weren't as good to lab. But, I mean, I, they're really good, man. And they basically came to say, look – our team, our, our our line is better than your line, and we're going to sit back in this zone and cover guys in this zone. And you can do that when you get pressure. Right. That's the whole key: is that when you can get pressure and without having to blitz. And they did blitz. Don't get me wrong, but when you can do that and just say, "I'm better than you," we're going to win these one-on-one matchups. It's a problem. And then they, they it was an outstanding game plan it really was i don't think that k-state knew the kind of physicality that was going to be required to win this football game because they didn't show up to do that all game i mean it never stopped it never changed you know usually hey you get into the game okay this is going to be we got to change it never changed we never matched their physicality never no no they they didn't and i don't know that we were capable of it and that's right i think that's what's adding to a lot of frustration in the fans that right um it, we haven't seen a notable difference um in in those type of things this k state team's better but you're right you know what baylor was in the big 12 championship 2 years ago and we, we all probably decided matt rule left because there was no talent well obviously there was talent in the lower classes it was sitting there it just needed maturing and having a new coach come in with no off season and try to implement his program in a COVID year last year meant Baylor was bad at the start of the year, but maybe we should have got a hint that he's pretty good because Baylor was pretty good by the end of the year. He got his team better under really extraordinary circumstances last year. And they just picked up and kept moving forward this year. Um, And, and what they did defensively was so very impressive, but it comes down to the Jimmy's and Joe's and they coached them well. Yep. Well, and the thing about it is, is that, you know, and I know that's a, a point of contention with tons of fans is that, you know, recruiting, 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 and it is, and it should be, it absolutely should be. We just have to get better. We just have to sit back and just say, you know what, this is where we are. And then kind of what we talked about in, with the pregame is, Hey, let, this is a, a barometer. Let's see where we're at. And this is where we're at. We need to figure it out, find out where we're at, and go from there. Where do we need to get better? What do we need to do? Well, we need a ton more athletes. We need bigger guys. We need faster guys. You know, it's just it just is what it is. I don't want people to be discouraged because we got beat by a, by a better football team. You know, the yesterday was just one of those days where they were better. And they were coached better. You know, we get by when we can play with the Oklahomas. We know Oklahoma has more talent, but they're not coached as well. And they're just not. People rave about Lincoln Riley and how great a coach he is. But is he really? I go, you know, he's had some good quarterbacks. But other than that, I mean, and there's no reason. But we're coached better. So we stay in games and we beat them. Yesterday was just a time where Baylor, we're better. We're coached better. We're going to play better. And they did. Okay, let's talk about the Skylar Thompson situation. He has an ankle injury. Uh, we were told he was getting x-rayed after the game. I, I'm not sure what the result of that x-ray is, but he's apparently in a walking boot. Shocker at K-State. Um, and he's he's up and on it, so maybe that's a good sign. I'm guessing it's just a really bad high ankle sprain, which probably means he won't be able to play. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is just awful because it now puts you in this situation as coach Chris Kleiman. So we're also told that the offensive coaches were ready to put in Will Howard, um, who has played four games and that's the threshold for keeping a red shirt. Now where right. they, where they screwed up colossally was in Lawrence when they played Will Howard. Um, Correct. He should never have gone on the field. And I think that's what set this all in motion when they saw Kleiman probably just had the offensive coaches in charge of that. They put in Will Howard, and he's like, why did we do that? 
we 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 really want to preserve this red shirt for this kid, <clears throat> and now we're out of options. So here's what their options are: you play an injured Skylar Thompson, you play a obviously under-equipped Jalen Thomas, or, or excuse me, Jaron Lewis. Where Jalen Thomas come from? You play an under-equipped Jaron Lewis, um, or um, you you pull the red shirt off Will Howard and say, you know what, we're going to have to burn a year, and you get a year back with COVID. It means you'll be a you'll be listed as a junior next year, but in reality, you're a sophomore if you want to use that COVID season, as opposed to being you know a, a third year freshman, which is ideal. But um, you also know you need to win this game. I'm not I'm not throwing this game away with Texas. Some people are like, well, no. just seven wins, the season's a loss. God, no. you can win eight regular season games again and go to a bowl game and get a ninth win. I don't think there's anything lost here in the building process. Absolutely not. You got to put your best guy on the field on Saturday. And if that's Will Howard, so be it. But as I've said a couple times now at Go Powercat, what a if you want someone to be criticized, it would have been burning Will Howard's red shirt last night, Saturday night, in a game in which K-State was not going to come back. It just wasn't. Correct. And then you find out, oh, Skyler's fine. He can play at Texas. But we already burned the red shirt. That mm. that would have been the worst case. The worst case yes, scenario. it would have. So yes, now you've got some time. Let's decide here. And you can make a measured decision on Will Howard and Skyler Thompson. I hope Sky can go. And if he can go in any way, damn it, design a game plan that will catch Texas off guard. Do something completely different with that. I go back to, was it 2010 when Colin Klein had to play and Colin Klein wasn't capable of throwing the football at the time. So they just designed up the whole offense around Colin Klein running the ball and Texas never stopped it. Well, we've been calling for different things. Maybe it's time to try something different with the offense if Skyler plays and isn't as mobile as usual. Well, we've got to do something. And it's well, what you said early is like this the season's not over. Like seven wins again. Let's not be satisfied here. We're we're happy to have seven wins, but we shouldn't be satisfied. I mean, an opportunity to go beat Texas because if anybody hasn't noticed, Texas has quit. I mean, so that's the game that we can absolutely go and win. We should be overjoyed. Go down there and go beat them up. Go win a football game and then go to a good bowl. Go win another. I mean, nine wins. There's nobody that thought that we could get to nine wins this year. I mean, that, that's not what people thought that, that, that we were going to be capable of. And to be able to the possibility to do that then we need to go and do it. Go win. You know, don't be satisfied. That's what sometimes fan base gets. Well, it's okay that we tried. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's go win. Let's be the best that we can be regardless of the situation. Let's go be the best we can be. But you can't play Will Howard this week. If they're trying to redshirt the kid, they can't do it. They just literally can't do it. You know, I, I don't care under any circumstances. If that's your plan, at some point you have to stick to your plan and just stick to it and deal with it. Now, on the, on the flip side of that, if if we don't have anybody that's literally capable of putting together a game plan, well, that's something totally different, you know, totally different. If we can't say, hey, you can be the starter and we have another backup, and if we don't have that, then that's something different, and then you deal with it, uh, you know, down the road. I don't know how Will Howard f- would feel about being treated that way, to be honest with you, Fitz, is – Hey, I'm trying to redshirt here. You guys are throwing me in here because of somebody else's inabilities. Well, that shouldn't have to be my fault. And I'm not talking about Skylar being hurt. I'm just, I mean, yeah, those are things that go through kids' minds these days. I, I just, I'm not trying to be the negative guy. I'm just trying to be the reality guy, you know. And hopefully, hopefully, Skylar can just play, and then we don't have to worry about any of that. But it's, it, you're right, playing him at Kansas. What? was the purpose i'm trying to figure that out what what the reasoning behind that was if you're trying to redshirt a guy i'm like oh man what are we what are we doing like seriously what are we doing it can't be to throw him in there to have game experience the guys started football games for you before and a lot of them so i don't know great stuff brian and as we go to break i'll just want to point out something here as we talk about the offense wrap up our thoughts about the offense deuce vaughn on the day 11 carries 128 total yards That long of 65 on an incredible touchdown run averaged 11.6 yards per carry. 
Hmm. That sounds pretty good. Deuce Vaughn, six targets, five receptions for 37 yards. Sounds pretty good. In the second half, though, only four of those 11 carries took place. And only three of the targeted passes took place. Now, granted, Kansas State only ran 51 plays in a tragically poor offensive performance. But, wow, I never thought I would say, how did this offense forget Deuce Vaughn? But they did on Saturday. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCap Post Game Review Podcast. Brian Hanley and myself, Tim Fitzgerald, continue to discuss Kansas State's 20-10 loss to Baylor. And we're going to take a look ahead at Texas just briefly and around the conference as we gauge the temperature of the league and the program. And it's all coming up after this break. But we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review podcast sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. I am Go Powercat publisher Tim Fitzgerald and we're joined from Texas by our football analyst Mr. Brian Hanley, former offensive lineman for the Wildcats as we break down Kansas State's 20 to 10 loss in the 11th game of the season, K-State 7 and 4 and 4 and 4 overall heading into Friday's game at Texas, but we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf for K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories, Caddyshack Golf, where it is caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Okay, let's turn our attention to other matters at this point in the podcast. <clears throat> First of all, if I'm Steve Sarkazian, I, I go to my locker room after losing to West Virginia and now being completely out of bowl eligibility at, at four and seven. And you're now just playing to play out the, the season. I almost call a team meeting and say, Hey, I know some of you are going to go into the transfer portal and I appreciate you sticking with us at this to this point, but here is who you need to talk to for the transfer portal. Go talk yep. to them. We're going to go get ready with the players. We're going to have back. Correct. And I play, unless, you know, you're burning a red shirt, which I don't think they have. I think they probably maintained almost all their red shirts that they could. Just play those guys. Just play them. Just play them, play them all. Play them young. Play them. Just say, go get. Go go play. And if you're Kansas State, you need to counter with uh, a game plan that requires a lot of discipline you know, right. for the defense. But, man, if I'm Sark, I'm just done with you. If you don't want to be here, here's the door. And yep. I appreciate your service to the University of Texas. The transfer portal is that way. Let's go, guys. Let's right. play some football. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I would be. Is I mean, because you know the rumblings are there. Yep. You know that, that they've heard it. You know, everybody's taught what's going on. Are they going to fire the coach, which they're not going to fire the coach. Well, I say that. They're not going to fire the coach. I don't believe that that's going to happen. I would literally, I mean, that's you got to get your program back. 
And right now he doesn't have control of his program. The only way to be able to do that is to get guys that have completely bought in. And you're 100% correct. I would, I would have had the meeting today on Sunday. Yep. Hey, you know what? I know there's going to be guys that are going to get into the transfer portal. When we're done with this meeting, this is who you need to talk to. Go talk to them right now. And, and, and we wish you the best. And anybody else that's still here, let's get ready to go because we're going to go win a football game on on Friday. So I think that's just the the reality of it. And that's what he's got to do. If he's trying to build something, you got to start somewhere. And this, to me, is rock bottom for them. So go from there and figure it out. I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting to see how he handles it. To be blunt, he hasn't handled much very well this season. As a head coach, oh my goodness. Um, I mean, there's just been a lot of distractions, a lot of nonsense. But that goes with the job at Texas. I'm all, I'm fine. I mean, y- you want to have your own channel. You want to have an overbearing fan base. You want whatever you got. That's your problem. Deal with it. Uh, you have all the money, uh, so I'm not going to have any sympathy for you. Kansas State, uh, going back to the Baylor game defensively. Yeah, you got it. I don't want to give them a free pass on the first seven points, but. Uh, it certainly has an asterisk. Uh, so they yeah. really kind of held that Baylor offense to 13 points. Gary Bohannon is a special quarterback. I hope he's okay. He blew that quad. I'm, I'm afraid he won't be able to play this weekend. But I got news. They're, they're pretty good at quarterback. Blake Shapin came in and he's a, he's a baseball player. And he threw it around like a baseball player. And then he stole second. And kept going to third on a running play. He was a bullet going through the defense. So they're in fine hands there. But um, I thought K-State did a great job with this power running game and multifaceted quarterback who hurt them at times. But that's going to happen. Overall, I thought K-State's defense came to win. And they did everything K-State needed the defense to do to win the game, including being on the field 36 to 24 minutes. They were out there constantly because of the ineptitude of the offense and still held up for the most part. Yeah, the defense played, uh, they played well. They did. I mean, that running game, they got after them. They played really good football. Uh, Again, that that first seven points, I mean, it is. The one thing about it is, is people all the time talk about, well, you should be able to hold them again. You know what? Mentally, I'm done. We did our job, and then to have to run back out on the field immediately, and I know sudden change is part of football, and that's, you know, you have to deal with it. But at the same time, it's not like they were playing a bunch of power puffs out there. You know, I mean, (laughs) Baylor's really good and can move the football. So it's not like they went out there and gave up 70 yards or anything like that. So, you know, uh, I just just thought the defense played outstanding. I, I just did. You know, considering the circumstances, I know they got some plays. I know they went on the the one really, really long drive, and we had some difficulties sometimes. Yeah, I just thought the defense played outstanding. I did. I did. I thought they were about as physical as that they they could be, you know. And, and yeah, their quarterback got hurt, but at the same time, the points that they gave up, what they did, they gave the offense every opportunity to get into this football game. They they did. They gave them every opportunity to do that. So, I, I, I mean, I applaud their effort. I applaud their effort. So they gave up the early touchdown. The next scoring drive was a, a, a touchdown after 15 plays and 74 yeah. yards in the second quarter. They came back, uh, Baylor did, with the field goal to end the first half, uh, and they had – had to go 13 plays in 71 yards. And then later they had another field goal that was 13 plays in 72 yards. That's making them earn it. That's they, they are absolutely having to earn the, their points. Uh, Grant, they, they kept them out of this defense keeps people out of the end zone for the most part. I mean, they do a good yep. job with it. That's, that's three actual drives against your defense um, scoring drives. And they, two of them, they forced a field goal. So I, I yeah. just can't, I can't believe how far this defense has come. And and granted, I'm worried about next year, linebacker, defensive secondary, all those things, nose tackle. But they've got some really, really nice pieces back there that uh, some guys that now understand. T.J. Smith had a really good experience 
after yes. after struggling earlier in the year, losing his confidence. Boy, he needed that, including just absolutely stealing a ball at the bottom of the pile. Um, yep. I'm I'm almost surprised they didn't give the ball to Baylor because it was pretty clear the Baylor guy had the ball. He jumped right on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I saw some positives there that that tell me they're defensively they're going to be fine, and the defense is going to have to be really good at Texas because. The Texas might be it. down, but they got some guys. They got some athletes. Yeah, yeah, they do. Texas can run the football. You know, if they can't do anything else, they can move that football. So the defense is going to have to be on there. They're P's and Q's again. Uh, but I think they're up to the challenge. I think they've just got their confidence fits where they, they – this is their – this is what they do. This is what they do each week. I think they have understand that they have taken this this – I don't know. I don't know what you really want to call it. I just think that what they've done is they've decided we're a good defense. We can shut down people. And this is what we do each and every week. And people need to give us our respect for that. Right. That's what I believe the defense is and has become, which is good. Right. I'm not going to spend any more time on special teams than what I already said. Cause oh, damn geez. it. That's not tolerated at K state. And I, and I think Coach Clemens communicating exactly that. And it just shows how important that special teams stat of scoring so many non and it's also defensive touchdowns, non offensive touchdowns through the years, how much it's helped this program and, and play a game without it, that's what you get. You get a twenty to ten loss. But um let me it's just ask. Just, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, let me just ask this. Uh, there's a lot of people back on the edge of the bridge and I and, and it's exhausting. Oh. One loss doesn't mean the end of the world. You're going to lose some games. And if you thought this program was going to be fixed in three years with a COVID year that was pretty much lost for, for the K-State program and how it worked out, uh, you, you had ir- just ridiculous expectations yeah. of a new hire. Um, it's it's going to take a process. I got to improve recruiting, but what do you overall? What do you see as the state of this football program? I think that at this point in the season, I think everybody thought or wanted us to be able to get to seven wins. You know, I went out on a limb and and just threw out nine. Well, we're going to go nine and three. Well thinking that we could get to seven. Well, we're at seven there. I don't know that there's many people that thought that K state could win eight football games in the regular season this year. I just don't believe, I know they were may have been hopeful. I don't believe that there was that many true K state fans that thought that that was something that we were going to be capable of doing. And we still got to do it. Don't get me wrong. We still got to do it because we're not there yet. Having said that, I think the program, I just don't count last year. I just don't because of what happens, all the circumstances. And I know everybody played and we played every game, but the circumstances were just so bizarre and such a one-off. You can't count that against coach as far as bringing the program along. You just can't do that. Not in my eyes, you can't do that. So you just got to throw that year out and just basically say, you know what, that was a free practice year. And here we are in year two of where we need to be. And I just think the program is fine. We're moving along just fine. I mean, you can't fix a program in in three years. It doesn't work that way. You know, and and no program. And I know we've seen colleges change coaches, you know, like they change underwear. And that never works. It literally never works. You have to give people time to bring in their people, to build the relationships with their recruiting bases or wherever they're at. You just have to give it time. And and I know that the world doesn't have patience anymore. And we can be frustrated. We can be mad that we lose games. But you can't be so mad that, oh, we got to fire the coach. You can be mad about the play calling. Play calling is bad from, from game to game or whatever. You can be mad about that. But you also have to enjoy the positives. And I think that's what gets left out a lot of times is, okay, well, we lost, or this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And nobody ever talks about the positives of the program. I go, you got to be able to talk about the positives and what we're doing right, because if we're not going to talk about that, then why do you even have a program? Or why do you even root would be the better question. Is that everything isn't as bad as what it seems. Everything's not always going to be as good as what it seems. But be happy that you're moving forward because, again, you could be Kansas. 
<laughs> you could be Kansas. <laughs> I mean, if people just really take a look at it, think about what, and I don't know, I've said this before, Kansas was right an all-time high when they had Mark Mangino there. They forced him out, look what their program has been since. We could be that. So feel fortunate. Or we could be Colorado or Arizona. We could be those programs. Those programs are the epitome, epitome of horrible, horrible pro, And they weren't always. I mean, they were not. Or we could be Nebraska. Think about that. K-State is that much better than Nebraska. Nebraska is horrible. We could be that, literally. So, you know, I know that we're not where we were previously. And I know we're not where we want to be. But we're also not in the dumpster. So let's take a step back and think about where we're going. We got to build. We all know what we have to do. It's all about we got to build recruiting. We got to do those things. You got to use the transfer portal. That's part of recruiting now. So we've got to embrace it, which I think we've done a great job of doing. And the program is moving forward. We're okay. We are okay. That's right. Yeah, that was beautifully said, brother. Beautifully said. Go win in Texas. Go prepare for the best bowl game you're eligible to play in. And then go find some guys in the transfer portal that can help you next year. And you're going to be just fine. The question becomes, and we've talked about it before, will the transfers include um, a quarterback? Because if they feel like Will Howard's a guy, it won't. Unless they absolutely don't like Lewis and and Rubley as backups, and they still want more depth there. Maybe they go bring someone in and say, hey, this job isn't yours if you're coming, but you can earn it. you got a long ways to go. We will see. I think they need to probably go find another tight end, probably find a couple receivers, because I suspect we're going to see some attrition there. And on defense, just right up the middle, you better go find some nose tackles, linebackers, and defensive backs. And they have a lot of needs on defense for next year. But you look at the field this year, they're playing a ton of portal guys. Where would this defense be without Stubblefield or Yeast or Brents or Horn? All those guys have had an impact. And if you can go find four more guys, five guys like that, you're going to be fine. That's the beauty of the portal. And now we're going to see if Chris Kleiman can use it to overcome the defensive difficulties he's run into, or excuse me, recruiting difficulties he's run into at Kansas State and uh, overcome those while they try to get their feet under them better in local recruiting because they're getting their butts kicked around the state of Kansas for the most part. And Boy, that's got to stop. Yeah, you, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, and but it's the truth, and I'm going to say it and, until they tell me I can't say it anymore. You have to build your program from your campus out, and that means you have to be – I mean, there's just no reason that you don't get the majority of guys from Kansas, Kansas City, Wichita. There's just no reason that K-State doesn't get those guys. There just isn't. There's no reason. And I know that Kansas isn't going to have – 50 guys that can play big 12 football every year. They're just not going to have that. Number one, there's not enough kids. It's just, they're just not going to have that, but you got to be able to get the majority of those guys. You just do, because there are going to be some really high level guys that can play immediately too. You got to be able to get those guys. That's something that that we used to just dominate the Kansas city area. We cleaned up. And that's not the case anymore. And it's not, I mean, it's Iowa State just pretty much owns it right now. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. <laughs> you know, they, they own the Kansas City area. Anybody they want, they go get. Uh, and, and, and other places are coming to get them too. It's just like we got to get back in there and build those relationships again and show, you know, that, hey, we're playing high-level football. Come to Kansas State again. Come to Kansas State. There's no reason that you shouldn't be coming here. We got to get better. Got just got to get better. I think we will. I think we will. It's going to take some work. They got to. They got to try. You're going to have to swing and miss a few times, which is okay. But you got to at least take the swings. You do indeed. It's a very interesting situation for Kansas State right now. They come into this game. Uh, they're seven and four heading into Texas. Four and four overall. They can finish in fifth in this conference, which was higher than anyone expected. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State sitting at seven and one. Baylor at six and two. Iowa State's four and four, but uh, the Cyclones have a winnable game at home. I think they have. TCU on Thanksgiving, uh, that so they should get to five and four. But K State can get to five and four. Texas Tech is knocking on the door at 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 four and five, which 
stunning. But the lower portion of this conference is Tech, TCU, and West Virginia at three and five. Texas at two and six, and Kansas at one and seven. You almost wish Kansas could win, um, but no, I'm not going there. That's insane. Uh, anyhow, what I'm saying here is, folks, Kansas State's going to be firmly in the middle of this conference. I know you don't strive to get to the middle of the conference, but this is not the destination. This is the journey. Uh, If you want to drive to Vegas from here, you're going to have to stop in the middle of no man's land, somewhere between in Colorado, Utah, out there. And that's kind of where K-State's at. They're just in the middle right now, on the way. And uh, if it stalls out there, well, that's that's disappointing. But I don't think it will. I think they're moving forward. And uh, they've got a lot of work to do to continue that momentum. But winning at Texas helps. Yes. And I also think yes. it helps the recruiting message if Oklahoma State and Baylor are in the title game because now that shows this conference is going to be just fine without OU and Texas. It, it, oh, my there's goodness. life after OU in Texas, and I'm really hoping Oklahoma State wins and Baylor wins so that we can get that game. I think that would be great advertising for the future of the conference. I think it would be outstanding advertising because if you look at it, and I saw this stat yesterday, Fitz, I didn't even realize it. They put resumes up. You know how they do the one team and they do a blind resume? Oklahoma State's resume is much better than Ohio State's resume. Now, the national brand and what everybody and I'm the Ohio state's really, really good, but the, you know, and all that stuff all plays into this playoff thing, but Oklahoma state's resume was head shoulders body better than Ohio state's resume. And if they go and win this big 12, I'm not sure that they can keep them out a week because they're going to beat OU and they're going to have to either be OU or Baylor again. I don't know how you keep them out. I really don't. With the teams that would have to fall because they're going to play each other, I just really don't know how you would keep them out at that point. I agree. So it's for me, it's great for the conference. And I'm rooting. I mean, if I had a rooting interest, which I, I'm not really that guy, I just I like my team and that's it. But for rooting interest for a conference, I really want Oklahoma State to go in because I would like to see a Big 12 team get in there and get Oklahoma State, even though I don't like Gundy. Uh, and I don't really like Oklahoma State. It's not really Gundy. I just don't really like him. But <laughs> to represent the conference, I think I would I would like for them to win it because I think they have the best resume. So, And it would be really good for recruiting. And like you said, the conference would be just fine. OU, Texas, you guys can go. And the conference will be just fine. I wish the committee had the balls, and I'm saying that, <sighs> balls to stand up to ESPN and say, hey, we're not going to pick on on TV ratings. That, that We're going to pick on what's on the field. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State are in, the, the Big Ten champion, and then the SEC champion. If, they, if, if Georgia beats Alabama, hands Alabama a second loss, and Ohio State has two losses, Neither one of those teams should be in the playoff. No one else gets nope. that. No one else will get that advantage. Um, and, and that's just because close. of brand. That's because of brand. Yep. Yeah, they're talented. Okay, that's great. You got to win the games. It's about what yeah. happens on the field. And now the the committee has to admit that the Oregon loss by Ohio State isn't a good loss. It was at home. No. It was against a team that just got its ass kicked in a crucial game out west. That is a bad loss, and I hope to see Oregon drop out of the – out of the teens, they don't belong yeah. anywhere near the top. It's a mess. Nope. And if Cincinnati isn't in the top four, blow this system up come next week when they announce those uh, those new rankings. Well, yeah, if they're not going to put Cincinnati, if they're not going to move them up, then, then at, at some point it just, oh, well, you know what? We're just not going to do this thing because what else do they have to do? I'm not even saying Cincinnati is the best team. I'm not willing to say that. But from what they've done, they've earned it at this point. What else are you doing? And again, it's just teams that lose games and they talk about, well, the schedule, the schedule. Who on the in the Big Ten is any good that Ohio State has played? They beat Michigan State. Well, how good is Michigan State really if you can beat them? I mean, the game was over at halftime. It was 49 to nothing. Yep. So how good really was Michigan State? And you want to talk about Michigan. We're going to find out how good Michigan is this week when Ohio State just boat races them again they go because that's what's going to happen they're going to destroy them and but they're going to give them the credit for beating this number six team or yep. five team or whatever when we all know we can see it with our own eyes michigan is horrible 
I mean, they're average at best. And that's what drives us all insane. It's just, I I get tired of it. And I'm not the woe is me, you know, we're little K-State. I am not that guy because I believe K-State is bigger and better than that. So I'm never going to be the woe is me, you know, any of that stuff. But I am a, a realist and I understand what they're doing. And I understand what ESPN is doing to just ruin college football. It just yeah. drives me insane. Wow, we got off in the weeds, but those were enjoyable weeds. <laughs> Kansas State loses its 11th game of the season. They haven't lost 11 times. Their 11th game resulted in a loss. 20-10 to 10 to Baylor. K-State's now 7-4 on the season. 4-4 four and four in Big 12 as they head into Friday. 11 a.m. contest at Texas to wind up their regular season, and then they'll await a bowl bid. Baylor's now 9-2 and two and 6-2, and two, and if the Bears can win their season-ending game next week, all they need is Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma, and they will play the Pokes for the Big 12 title. Brian, I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's been... It's been a lot of fun. We will reconvene. Uh, brother, we'll probably have to reconvene next Sunday, even though it's a Friday game. This this no this Friday game screwing me up. And nobody asked me, Fitz, is a Friday game going to work for you? Because I would have said no. I would have said no. I got to have my games on, on Saturday. But uh, we, we will get it done. Saturday will be a travel day and a family Thanksgiving day for us. And uh, let's hope the Cats can go down there with whomever's the quarterback and get a win. Brian, appreciate it very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's it for this edition of the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Make sure you tune in next week. Is tuning in right for a podcast? Make sure you join us next week for our PowerCat pregame podcast. It'll drop a day early. We'll be recording on Tuesday, so you can have it on Wednesday. That means you'll have it on Thanksgiving. That sounds fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. PowerCat.